Join us on this podcast for three conversations with faculty and administrators, which we hope will provide you with a unique window into the level of thought and intentionality that drives our approach to education. My name is Chris Scarlatta. I'm the division head for grades 9 and 10, and this is my 18th year at Milken. My name is Eli Chevalian. I am the director of college counseling and academic planning here at Milken, and this is my fifth month. Hello, I'm Lee Moore Dankner. I'm the Associate Head of School for Academic Affairs and Strategic Initiatives, and this is my 12th year at Milken. Hi, I'm Bo Lindsay. I'm the Division Head for Grades 11-12, and this is my 16th year at Milken. Hi, I'm Lee Falber. I'm the Division Head for Grades 6 through 8, and this is my 18th year. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you all because being the person that started just a few months ago, I've really tried to integrate myself into the Milken community and understand really what makes this place unique, what makes it different. And one thing that I noticed in terms of the history of the school was a transition from it being Milken Community Schools to being Milken Community School, dropping that S. So I'm really curious to hear from your perspective, those that have been here for quite a few years, what was it like to be here as that transition happened and what was the impetus behind it? Why? Why change it from schools to school, even though it seems like just one letter? Yeah, it's such a good question, Eli. I mean, it definitely feels in some ways like grammatically such a small move. It really reflects such a large initiative we undertook as Dr. Shulkin came to the campus to really bring a lot of good work that was happening on two sometimes distinct campuses separated by a pathway between them that sometimes people would go between to really being one community and it was a time where we one six twelve community it was a time where we looked at big picture things like what are our core values what's our educational philosophy whether you're teaching in sixth grade or twelfth grade what is the consistency there and also what does it mean to all work together as this large six twelve team and as administrators mm -hmm. as faculty to guide our students from the beginning and end of their Milken experience and we built those things together mm -hmm. as a faculty, mm -hmm. which was really nice. Yeah, and now you see metaphorically and literally like we're moving up and down between the campuses all the time. The students are, are moving up and down because it's really one school. They're not really seeing it as two distinct places. I think that's really interesting because trying to move from an upper school and a middle school to a 6 through 12 institution, right, At where it's cohesive, where teachers are shared and resources are shared and divisions communicate well together. I'm curious how that piece happened, right? How did you all get together and say, this is the shift that we're doing and how are we gonna talk, how are we gonna coordinate? What, how did the division leadership fit into that transition from the distinct campuses to this one overall school? Well, I think, you know, the one school piece, we've worked together for a really long time. Um, and so I think, you know, we, knew each other super well. I think we were already communicating really well. Um, we just weren't in the same structure, um, you know, previously as we are now. And I think creating those divisional leadership structures allowed us to really sink in to the student experience in our divisions. So thinking about what does, you know, the everyday experience look like for a seventh grader and eighth grader and really be in it with them in a meaningful way um, in a holistic way was really helpful. The teachers are also, you know, designated divisionally. So they teach, you know, seventh graders, eighth graders, and now sixth graders. We have a sixth grade class as well. And I think that that really allowed us to um, really see the student experience and really think about our classes and programs and all of that. I think in terms of 
what that transition has looked like, you know, uh, between the divisions. You know, Chris and I, um, and we could do it right now, we could just change seats, but um, we changed seats um, when this structure happened. And, you know, you had spent many years, what, 15 years in the middle school. And I learned a lot from you um, and just your leadership um, with middle school students. And, you know, you had so much insight when we made this shift because I had never taught middle school before. And so now I'm leading a group of faculty that I didn't have, you know, um, the relationship that you had had with them and Lee Moore had had with them. And to then be their leader was, you know, a beautiful challenge and opportunity. Um, and so you provided a lot of you know, insights for me and thinking about what does that look like for our students? What does that look like for our faculty? And you know, did it in such a caring and loving way um, and never like you need to do it the way that I've done it. But you know, I'm here if you want to bounce ideas off of me, I'm a resource for you. Um, and so it helped me to understand kind of the rhythm of the year, what that transition really looks like. Um, from the middle school side, I had seen it for so many years on the upper school side. And it was nice to see it, you know, from the middle school and then having that really clear view of what that is gonna look like for our students and how to support them in the best way possible to get them ready for you now that you're in the 910 division. It's been amazing working with each of you uh, for as long as we have, whether it was Lee and I, uh, yep. class of 2005, uh, in Represent. this library space, <laughs> uh, doing our orientation together or Bo and I in our, in our math and world language uh, rooms a couple oh, years great later. Worker. What was great is that we had a relationship first, mm -hmm. uh, and we knew each other and our and our kids. Um, and as we moved into this model of one school, I think what changed was our working relationships mm -hmm. and our working conversations. And that as we were at the middle school, we articulated students mm -hmm. up and we addressed the challenges post them happening. Um, and you were reacting to. Uh, what was being done in one campus on the other, mm -hmm. or reacting how the students were received on one side, on our side. And in the model that we're currently at, those conversations happen in advance mm -hmm. and proactively. Mm -hmm. And Lee Moore leads a team of us that really gives us the space to meet all of the students as a team and recognize where there might be uh, challenges as they move up uh, mm -hmm. before they ever happen. And you know the change is easy with letters, yeah. uh, but the work has been hard and meaningful and, and is really paying off. Mm -hmm. I also think sometimes when we're interviewing, Chris, I noticed you joke that we have 54 years of milk and experience between us. And Calling us old, Bill? Yeah, a little <laughs> professionally, but like, and then I have 16 years, I'm the rookie of the division heads. Like, so we have a lot of milk and experience, but I also really respect that we're a team that isn't afraid to iterate, isn't afraid to look at right. the status quo and to bring in different perspectives to the team. And so I think it was, in removing that S, it was a lot of like, let's solidify what is beautiful and great and mm -hmm. awesome and works really well. And then let's like also see where we can be even stronger and mm -hmm. more unified and more consistent. And I really respect that about our teamwork. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the themes really are, you know, as Lee pointed out, student-centered and over and over again, you know, you keep referencing relationships. So student-centered, the strength of relationships and collaborative working teams, I think, are really, you know, the principles behind the restructure and the reason why we dropped the S. We have just created a situation where everyone belongs to multiple different groups. Mm. 
um, you know, if you are in divisional leadership, that is your team and your division is your family, but you're also part of a 612 team of administrators and yeah. leaders. If you are a student, then you are in your division, but you're also part of a house as a 612. So there is a sense of really cultivating relationships. For students, that's key because actually for adults, that's key as well, because we know that um, identities are formed by the relationships and the connections that people make or fail to make. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really important to feel that sense of you know, belonging and togetherness. As far as uh, teams, collaborative teams, I am really proud of this team. I think we've really set a, a model and an example for the entire faculty and staff um, that there really isn't a decision maker or a sage on stage or a know-it-all, but mm -hmm. you know we pool all of our experiences, our you know different the different lens, the different uh, ideas, mindsets that we have, and we come together as a team to really weigh all the different angles and make um, you know make collaborative decisions on behalf of the students, um, kind of leveraging our strengths and talents. So. Mm -hmm. um, I love the new structure. Nice. I think it, uh, you know, it, it gives opportunity for people to find joy and to really thrive. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting. I, I think about kind of when I started out in in the role and integrated into the community. It was hard for me as an outsider to think about okay, wh where is my home base? Right? Is it eleven, twelve? Is it nine, ten? Is it like do I interact with six, eight? Like what does of that look like? Do. Of course <laughs> I do. Of course I do. And it's interesting. Exactly what you're talking about. It's no one team. Right, everyone sees a different perspective of this process. Everyone has a different kind of focal point of of how to best support students where they're at. And coming at coming at it from college counseling, right? I need to lean on everyone to be able to make sure the whole student process is as thoughtful as possible. Because every, especially, the college process really does happen during senior year, but the buildup happens years beforehand and academic planning that's right right that's right so the academic planning we're supposed to be the guides of helping students figure out how can they challenge themselves how can they push themselves right. and if we don't have that communication if we don't lean on each other for that how can we better support this how can we support the students that's right it's that's key. right yeah. i mean there is a uh, model it's a distributed leadership model and mm -hmm. the concept behind the model is that rather than having a leader or a set of leaders who are tasked with you know, the full weight of the responsibility for an institution, you basically create a cadre of leaders, mm. a, a cadre of empowered people. And really that's what the teams are, whether it's the college counseling team or the student services team or the instructional leadership team, the academic leadership team, the strategic leadership team, the division leader. <laughs> I mean, you see where you know, the theme is that there are all these teams working in concert with one another, overlapping, but never siloed. Yeah. You know, always working in tandem, keeping in mind that, you know, the students are at the center um, and a healthy community is what we are, you know, aiming to foster at any given time. I mean, for years, I would often think about the layers of support we offer our students at Milken. They have mm -hmm. advisors, they have classroom teachers, counselors, college counselors. But I think this model has also created that level of support also for us as professionals, for our teachers, where there's so many different teams that everyone can rely on it really 
necessitates a lot of communication and articulation of what are the goals, what are we trying to accomplish, how can each team leverage each other's strengths. I have, over the last couple of years, like, looked forward to the various team meetings I have because I know if I'm bringing something I'm grappling with is going to be a perspective, whether it be from mm -hmm. a colleague division head, from a counselor, from, yeah. from Lamore, that like, is going to help us all solve these issues, support our students. And I think it really feels now that we've mirrored that support for our students, continue to enhance that, but also increase it on the adult side. Yeah, absolutely. This week, the last two weeks, I've been doing my faculty check-ins. And sort of the proof in that it's working is coming through because every time I ask them how they're doing or what their successes have been, it's not about them. It's about their teams. It's about who they collaborated with. Mm -hmm. It's about which student they connected with. Um, and that's been an incredible byproduct of what we've been seeing or what we've been working towards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the curriculum review that we have been doing, we're going to have the third iteration of that conversation mm -hmm. in a different team this week, you know, um, on Friday, which, you know, is great because then, you know, you may have missed something that you didn't mm -hmm. see the first time or the second time. And then to incorporate the multiple perspectives that yeah. you said, Bo, I think is really important and enriches the process. It refines everything. Uh-huh. I mean, definitely a strength for our faculty, um, you know, for the adults on campus. But, you know, what about the kids? The kids, I think, are the beneficiaries of, you know, this. Uh, I, I bet you're wondering, you know, how do we how do we know it's working for our kids? Right. Right. This mm -hmm. uh, this restructure. What have we seen in our kids? And uh, I'm just going to say that, you know, if you think about backward design, which a lot of educators always think about. Right. What is the outcome? What are the desired results, and then we know what that is. That's in our mission statement. Um, we want our children to surpass us. We want them to be the best that they can be, and we want them to help others become the best that they can be. So to that end, you know, we've created a portrait of the graduate that says, here's what we want you know, young people to look like when they leave us, and here's what we want them to take with us metaphorically and literally into the world, and we work backwards from there to create a learning environment. Um, you know, that's conducive to that, that allows them to accomplish those, um, you know, those outcomes. And so when I see students on campus, I see them living our values. I see them modeling the collaboration that we are, you know, instilling in them. I see them uh, aware of community and building community. And, uh, and you know, whether it's uh, spirit days, house games, uh, homecoming, mm -hmm. um, you know, or Lishma, where they're just studying and really focused on learning, lifelong learning and cultivating those habits of mind and heart. I just, um, you know, I see the portrait of the graduate and I see the mission in action. Yeah, definitely. One place I feel like I've been seeing that more and more clearly is the collaboration we've had in 9, 10, and 11, 12 with our Vodakim program, where we have seniors who have really opted into even doing more work above average to make sure that what they love about this community, that sense of belonging, is continued into the ninth graders as they come into our community. And seeing their reflective work and designing lessons with our 9, 10 counselor, Ms. Morchi, and Mr. Greenberg, and then delivering these lessons to these ninth graders about what is the strength of this community? Why does it matter? Where, does, where do you go when you need support? Like really helping these ninth graders understand the way we work with mm -hmm. our students. Watching these ninth grade advisors who worked with these seniors 
years ago, now they get to see these seniors step back in that room where they worked with them as freshmen, and then now coming back in and delivering that is, is like, I think, a really beautiful example of like where I see the students understanding that support and how we do this work and what it means to be part of this community, and then being able to articulate it and teach it to these, to these new peers of theirs. I joined the Mudrickian program to try and give back to this community that's helped me so much. And while it may not be the biggest contribution, it will hopefully have a big impact. Yeah, the Vati Keen program is a pair of seniors is assigned to each freshman advisory where they're basically supposed to get the freshmen comfortable, get them integrated throughout their classes, throughout the school, throughout the school's community, throughout the entire year, and basically help them understand how Milken works, how their classes work, um, and essentially just build a good relationship with them. Starting high school can be a stressful experience or unfamiliar, and I think that the Vati Keen program really allows students to feel more connected and welcomed on campus. Um, I became a Madrid because I really wanted to be a leader for the younger kids, especially having been a sixth grader myself and knowing how difficult it can be to fit in because you're in between a lot of, like, like you're too young to do some things and too old for other things, and I really wanted to make sure that I was there for them and that they had me as a person they could go to. Before the Madrikeen program, I used to be very shy and I, wouldn't, I wasn't able to talk to people who weren't my very close friends. But through the Madrikeen program, I've learned that I can be a role model and I was able to be a role model to so many kids and help them find their way to classes and make sure they weren't alone during lunch. My favorite thing from this program so far is definitely when we first got to meet them. Like, I got to help those who didn't know each other like meet new people and those who did branch out. I want, I want them to essentially feel that, that they don't have to be scared or hesitant to talk to me just because I'm older than them or in a different grade or even a different group or doing different programs with them. I want them to feel that like this is one whole community and they can access any point of that community they want. I feel like the Madrichim, just like the group of people, it's someone who you automatically are like friends with. And it's really easy because you always have them. No matter if you're having friend troubles or if you're like having a hard time making friends, you always have them. It's very meaningful because every person in this community is very different in their own way and very special. And meeting all sorts of new people is important to me. I hope my sixth graders, when they are in eighth grade, they choose to be a Majik and all of them choose to be Majikim so they can help new sixth and seventh graders find their way to their classes just like they were helped this year. Whatever space I'm in, whether it's college or a work environment or a new classroom setting, I hope to give other people that welcoming environment that Fatikim cultivates. As a Majik, now I get to build the community and not just be a part of it. And because of the success of the Vatikim program, like we decided in the 6-8 division to bring it there as well. So we have, you know, the Madrahim program, and this is our second year running that. So, you know, all of our sixth graders are connected with an eighth grade mm -hmm. um, buddy, and they connect every month. Um, and, you know, the support that they've shown them on the transition, because it can be scary just getting out mm -hmm. of the car on that first day of middle school and not knowing, like, you know, where to go or who's going to be there or, you know, where's the restroom? Like even like just 
the simple things that can be a little nerve-wracking for new students to milk in. And, you know, the eighth graders up there, like, cheering and, you know, have their cowbells and their pom-poms and, like, really getting the kids out of the car and just saying, like, we've got you, Um, Mm -hmm. this is your community. And, like, from that first day, having those connections from the older kids who had gone through that experience and now sharing their wisdom and sharing, you know, that support, I think Mm -hmm. is really beautiful. Mm Being in the, I guess, the bridge division, uh, the one between, you know, Lee's and, and Bo's. Middle child. Uh, and the middle child, <laughs> absolutely, with all of the middle children yeah. that are really learning, you know, transitioning from adolescence mm-hmm. into young adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing them as they find out who they are mm-hmm. uh, and really find out how they impact the communities they're in. Mm-hmm. So we do our best to give them you know, a plethora of options mm-hmm. uh, to really experience here on campus, uh, to experience relationships with different people, to experience different groups through own eggs or clubs, uh, to take leadership. One of the most beautiful things that I see each month is our town meetings mm-hmm. uh, that have now become pretty ritualized in the things that we do uh, in gratitude and welcoming new people in our mention of the month Mm-hmm. Uh, program where we celebrate uh, both students and faculty who've gone above and beyond to support others in the community um, and then celebrate and play some games and, and <laughs> hopefully eat some food uh, but just giving different constellations of young people the chance to see who they are through the lenses and the eyes mm-hmm. of, of the unique people that make up this campus. Yeah. Right. I'm hearing a lot about like portrait of the graduate, reflection, figuring out who they are, it's interesting because a big part of the college count, like the search and application process, is that introspection, like figuring out who am I, what are my values, what are my goals, um, where do I see myself after high school, whether that's a four-year college or a community college or a gap year or the army, whatever it might be. And it's interesting because I, again, only been here for a few months and I have a, a, an intro into the senior class, but in the conversations I've had with them, they've done the work. You know what I mean? They've, they've already had several opportunities to figure out their values and, and what they're passionate about. And, and that makes the process, that makes counseling them so much easier because they've done that foundational stuff and we can push them even further. We can get them to think about stuff a little bit deeper. And so it's, it, it's interesting that you brought that up and, and it's come up a few times of, of needing to have those values instilled and, and figure out uh, what's important to them and, and who they are. I mean, the first, really nice. yeah. yeah, the first statement of our educational philosophy is academic, we believe in academic excellence grounded in ethical responsibility, mm. right? So when yeah. I hear you say that, Eli, I'm thinking, you know, you've, your students, um, the seniors have already had that famous lecture about the two-sided resume, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. That uh, Rabbi Feinstein, you know, basically challenges them to think, okay, you have a resume, it's really robust, it's beautiful, you're ready to apply to college, but what is the backside of the resume, right? What's the part that is not written in so many, you know, clear terms, but speaks to what you're going to do and how you're going to be the agent of change and how you're going to make this a better world? And, and, you know, who do you have that you can call at two o'clock in the morning and is there for you? And who will you respond to at two o'clock in the morning if they need you? But like, those are all the pieces that... I think really, you know, speak to exactly what you're saying, you know, reflecting back, saying, I live the portrait of the graduate, I think well, I belong to something that is greater than myself, and I understand that the value of knowledge is in its use, and I'm going to take positive action, I'm going to make a difference. Having so. seen that talk for a number of years, the part that always hits me hardest is when Rabbi Feinstein talks about that element of like, 
success in life is knowing at two in the morning when you're in a tough situation, you have someone to reach out to. And I always notice amongst the senior class, which we all know sometimes our students are the most attentive, other times they're thinking about other things, but in that moment it really hits them and I'll see like they'll give fist bumps or they'll make Mm -hmm. eye contact with people in the class meeting. And I think what we have seen, we've talked a lot over the years about what we see in our alumni is I think that connection, that the relationships they form here, like those are, can be those two in the morning relationships when you need that person. And that, That, that to me, I share that definition of success with Rabbi Feinstein, with all of us, with our mm-hmm. students, like yeah. that community is so important and our students see it, which is beautiful even before they're done here, which I think is partially due to that reflection, partially due to really taking the time to slow down and think like, what does it matter? Why does it matter you're here and how are you gonna build that experience together? A few years ago, we, um, we read a book and uh, one of the statements in that book was that the CEO or the head of school or the board, I mean, you know, fill in whatever uh, is the appropriate title, is not the boss, but the core values are the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's such an important, powerful statement. You know, the core values of Kavoda Briot, right? Respecting and treating people with dignity. The, the core value of Kihila, the value of community. Um, the core value of, um, you know, Shavat Vinafash, being able to really understand balance and creating that, you know, balancing the tension <clears throat> between what, you know, what you have to accomplish, what you want to accomplish, and then just kind of pausing to uh, nurture the soul. I mean, all of these core values are at play, but when I see our students at graduation day, it's like a beautiful orchestra that just comes together. It's the values, it's the portrait of the graduate, it's all your hard work, you know? And so I think your definition of success, Eli, is so much broader than, you know, yes, they get into amazing colleges, but who cares? I mean, they get into amazing colleges and- And they're good people. And they're good people and they have so much to offer the world. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting you bring that up, Lamar, because what I've appreciated in conversations, I move mean, at internal conversations at st- as, a, as a team, as a staff, about when those uh, values conflict, right? When there's conflicting priorities. And the conversations are deep and they can go in a lot of different directions, but the fact that we're having those conversations where we acknowledge, there are moments where these two things that we both hold to such a high standard are at odds with each other, or you have to choose, you have to prioritize, and how do you, how do you integrate the two, and how do, you, how do you pivot and adjust and adapt? I think those conversations is, are really where the growth happens, where we're acknowledging not only what are the values and what do we want to instill, but how do we make it realistic? When we're out in the world, when our students are out in the world, how do they approach a situation, and then how do they have the tools to be able to figure out how to navigate difficult conversations and situations and stuff? So I think that's really interesting also, and really special. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that sets our kids up to go out and make an impact and take action in the world is that we set up so many opportunities for them to see multiple perspectives. And whether they agree with them or not, um, our rabbinics classes in Jewish studies, uh, our English classes, our debates, really give kids the chance to practice and model a healthy discourse when they agree with something and when they don't. Um, and I really think that gives them space out in the world to then go model that for others and, and take mm. leadership and take action. I think that's an example definitely of where we build divisionally. Like I see how much work your team puts in into it and then 
I think we in the 11, 12 picked that up in the Israel seminars where they're really looking at a complex issue from multiple perspectives, practicing that civil discourse, the civics classes as well, or even in our student advisory committee where we will sometimes present them with like, these might, this might be a tension, this might be a challenging decision institutionally, how are we approaching it? And then also bringing them to that conversation so they can understand how they can respectfully construct with us, how they can respectfully disagree or have that discussion. And I, I really see that as something we build in our students and I agree it helps them be successful going forward. Especially when I think of the portrait of the graduate, I think of the divisional work and how it's, you know, um, infused and uh, scaffolded and built throughout the divisions. But, you know, think well, belong to something greater and take positive action um, definitely manifests, um, you know, with the X project, mm -hmm. with the T-Ferret program, you know, with a, with a variety of uh, capstone programs in um, in 11-12. But um, did you already learn about the X project? So I have no idea what the X project <laughs> is. I will not even pretend to know what the X project is. I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Well, let's talk X project. <laughs> um, so... Seventh and eighth graders have the opportunity to take a deep dive into a project or problem of their choice. Um, and so there's a lot of kind of scaffolding that we do to kind of get them there instead of like jumping into the deep end of a pool. But, um, you know, it might be um, thinking about physical ability. And so somebody not, you know, having a physical limitation, can I create a prototype or um, an app or something that would uh, be useful or do good um, in the community for a particular population or a particular issue or challenge. Um, and so students are able to basically, you know, define what that problem is, think about what the solution could be, and they spend several months in these kind of intense groupings where they're really taking a deep dive into that and they iterate and they mm. go through kind of the design thinking process, which is really, really great. Another place, and we're talking about, you know, just thinking about, you know, doing good and taking positive action. So X Project's definitely one of those places that we do that um, in um, the 6-8 division. But we also have Kulam and I know we have service mm -hmm. across all the grades. I think in you know, six eight is really about giving them that exposure to different communities and to different contexts. Um, so we actually have Kulam on Friday of this week, and so we're taking kids um, to Salvation Army to do some reading. We're taking them to Shemesh Farms. We're taking them to a lot of different places in the community, including a firehouse that we adopted um, this year. So Firehouse 109, just down the street. Um, you know, if anything were to happen in Milken, and you know, we live in you know, unfortunately, a fire zone area, and so they would be the first to respond to us. So we've created a partnership with them. We've got kids going there. We've created, um, you know, every kid in the school has written a letter to a firefighter at Station 109, and we've given them gift baskets and um, kind of restocked their, you know, pantry and making sure that they're taken care of so that when they have to take care of us or somebody else in the community that they can do that. So, you know, really it's getting out there and seeing how every kid can make a difference, and Kulam means everyone. So the goal is that every single person in this community knows that they can do something 
to make a positive impact. Whether it's a small impact or a big impact, we can all do something positive for our community. And that's really important because children are very egocentric, right? The world revolves around them. They're at the center of the universe. And by the time they get out into the real world as adults, we want to make sure they've transitioned from that to a place where they see themselves as the agents of change, where they feel an ethical and a moral responsibility for the society around them, where they're you know, effective, compassionate citizens of the world. So it's a journey um, and it takes time. But doing exactly what you're doing, Lee, Mm -hmm. is those incremental, you know, foundational steps of saying you're not here alone. Like you exist in this planet with so many others who are so key to your survival and your ability to thrive. And and you also have a responsibility for the world around you. So it starts there and then it builds up, you know, progressively through the through the divisions. And one of the ways that we do that is just by cultivating a sense of belonging, belonging to Mm -hmm. something greater. And I think that in your division, Chris, you know, that really comes together, the sense of belonging and, you know, being part of something that's so much greater. There's a neat transition that happens in in ninth grade where all those students who've had the wonderful experience of being part of our 6-8 division welcome in another cohort of students. Mm -hmm. Um, And they get to learn and benefit from all the things through the X-learning, through the community, through the service that has been done with them, uh, and bring their own unique perspectives, Mm. uh, and really find who that cohort of 150 Mm. students are going to be, right, the friends that they meet in the ninth grade and through high school, uh, we've regularly seen are the ones that they have for the rest of their lives. This week, or next week, we have uh, our alumni luncheon uh, and Mm -hmm. the stories that are told at those over the the 17 years that I've been here are so amazing because they come back to this campus and they say, I remember when I met you (laughs) at that corner of this campus uh, and a week later they're going to their wedding, right? Mm -hmm. Or the best man or the maid of honor Mm -hmm. in their wedding. Um, some of the stories of like having all 15 members of my baseball team from 2010 uh, at an event together is, is so special and they, they reflect on the memories they had here but even more importantly they're, they're part of their lives now mm-hmm. um, and it's very special. Yeah and I think a lot of that kind of deepening of relationships and connecting happen especially in the 10th grade because the 10th grade really focuses on Ahavat Israel, which is one of our core values. And so some of the students in the 10th grade travel to Israel. They live there for four months as part of their Tiferet Israel Fellowship Program, while some students also engage in a really long, meaningful, you know, thoughtful Tiul trip to Israel. So they discover one another, they discover community through experiential learning. Um, and I think a lot of bonds are really solidified in, you know, through one of those two experiences in the 10th grade. You know, and then you get to reap all the rewards, Bo, because they come to you having had all these incredible experiences. I do, I do feel fortunate to that the team I lead gets to build upon the work that the 6-8 team does, the 9-10 team does, and then we're, as the 11-12 team, are taking those students where they're at with everything they've built over those years, and really I see our work as refinement. We're like helping them really understand, okay, you've done a lot of exploration, you've built Mm -hmm. some strong skills, now where are you gonna find your individual path through classes, through clubs, through sports, through relationships at this school, and where are you gonna lead, celebrate, and refine? And that's that's the 
one of the many reasons now our graduation ceremony is a 612 event for the faculty because those students when they cross the stage it's the work that Sylvia Bagden put in in her eighth grade Spanish class and it's Miss Cudiamont's geometry class and then it's like an 11-12 team but we're building on that but it's the whole 6-12 faculty who produce these amazing graduates in collaboration and that's really beautiful. And we've moved for it to be like all faculty are at mm -hmm. graduation, which mm -hmm. I think is a beautiful thing that we've done in the last couple of years since we dropped that S, yeah. you know. Full circle. Full yeah. circle. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Didn't even no, plan that. I think, yeah. we still think, I think we can keep talking a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, it's interesting. What do you try to do every day? What do you make sure you do every day? Oh, that's a very good question. Interact with as many people as possible. I think we're people, like I'm a people person. I think we all are. Um, That's me. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You won't um, thrive in this position if you're not, but you know, checking in with students who said, like, I'm going on this camping trip over the mm -hmm. weekend, or it's my bar mitzvah, and like having those meaningful connections with them, saying like, how was that? Um, what did you experience? How'd you feel about it? Because I think those relationships are really important. Um, and that sense of community building is really important. And I try to get into classrooms as much as possible because it's so much fun to see the students learning and doing and interacting. And we have such fabulous faculty. Like I'm just learning with them as they're teaching because I can just gain so much um, that I can bring back into my own classroom. So I just, I love those moments of interaction and meaningful connection every day. Yeah, related to that, every day I'm making sure I'm greeting all the students in the morning. Yeah. All of us do that practice in some configuration and really related to that, like seeing the students where they're at in that moment, yeah. what they, what the day has in store for them, what, how the game went last night, mm -hmm. how incredible the play was, mm -hmm. but also just getting that moment to see like, is every student coming to our campus in a way that they feel ready to learn, they feel safe, they're ready for the day, and then also when they're not like being able to work with them right away or just be able to celebrate them and help them start the day in a really strong way, I think that's a really important practice to starting the, the school day off for our students. And it's the best part of the day for me. You're welcome to, no, to I, go. I was, I was just thinking, mine is really basic. I just <laughs> make sure to sit outside for at least 15 minutes. Oh. I just sit outside, and if I talk well, to a student, well, you're part lizard. Huh? You're part lizard. How do you know? Green, green jacket. Well, I gave it away. Gave um, away. So you gotta warm up in the sun. Exactly. It's it's honestly, first of all, we have a beautiful campus. We know this, right? Like this is the view, the space, the the air. Like it's just, we're very lucky to be in this space, and to just sit outside except where it's, uh, when it's like a torrential downpour, which happens once a year, maybe, kind of. Um, just sitting outside and seeing the students, them seeing me, um, and hearing the conversations that are going on, it's huge, yeah. right? It, it makes me feel like I am deeper in this, like deeper ingrained in this community. Yeah. Um, and the number of students that just like wave or say hi, or it, it, it makes everything worth it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, just sitting outside, 10, 15 minutes, it's key. I think one of the beautiful parts of our role is we have a, a broader perspective, a, glo a global perspective, and interact with all of the constituents, mm -hmm. departmentally, parent, student, leadership. Um, so my goal every single day is to connect other people, mm -hmm. right? That's great. To mm -hmm. connect a teacher to our learning specialist for work around um, an assessment that's upcoming. To connect a student with a group uh, or club or ONAG mm -hmm. to connect a teacher 
with a leader on my team who's now going to go present something at the town meeting. You had us read this book, Tribal Leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things they talked about is people feel connected to community when they have those like dyads and triads. Mm -hmm. So the more groups that I can have working towards something, uh, working on something that they all believe in or want to be part of um, is wonderful for me. And some days I accomplish it, some days I accomplish it five times, and some days mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't happen. But if I can connect, the more people I can connect, I think the more successful mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. in my role. Something that I strive to do daily is um, practice gratitude. So um, running a school, being an administrator at a school can be very challenging sometimes just yeah. because of the sheer volume of human beings who are interacting within that organization. And some years ago, we looked at positive psychology and the tenets of positive psychology, which, you know, coincidentally align beautifully with Jewish uh, principles and Jewish tenets. But the notion that we just need to pause and be grateful for what we have to kind of rebalance and regroup and then find the strength and the clarity of mind to be able to tackle whatever comes our way. So I really do try every single day to just pause even in the midst of the chaos and say I'm grateful, I'm grateful for an incredible faculty, for amazing colleagues, for being a part of something that is greater than me and feeling like you know that gives me grounding for having the ability to make a positive change in people's lives every single day. Um, it's just it's very very humbling to be a part of it and it's very rewarding and it's a practice that we encourage our students to do as well yeah it's recognizing the good like you know the mensch of the month for faculty yeah, and exactly um and you have a beautiful gratitude thing that you do um, with the seniors i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that yeah i definitely think this is another aspect that is scaffolded through our uh -huh. our divisions and faculty and then every year at our senior shabbaton the seniors each get a chance after some reflection and guidance and Miss Mallard does a beautiful job of bringing in the, the positive psych angle, but grounding it in the, Jew mm -hmm. the Jewish texts and values. And then each senior can get up and share this, um, a particular letter to a peer or to a teacher or to a parent or to um, a, someone in their life that has really made this journey possible for them and has been an incredible source of support. and. Not a dry eye in that, in that at Camp Ramah that in those, those nights, and it's it's really beautiful. Something that I I want to acknowledge and name is that like this is hard work. This is and, and I know no, everyone realizes really? that. Really, <laughs> just, just a surprise. This is hard. Um, newsflash. The reason I say it, the reason I want to acknowledge it is because I think what I've noticed with every interaction, with every conversation I've had since I've started, is the amount of care that people put into their job. Whether it is helping a student with an assignment or helping them figure out college stuff or helping them go through like an emotional, social emotional issue or situation, challenge. It's hard and it's so, like, we're so lucky to do this. Yeah. It's yeah. so rewarding. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and these relationships and, and seeing students go out into the world and, and coming back for a basketball game and still being close with their friends, like, that is, that is an intangible feeling that we're so lucky to be a part of. I'm so lucky to be a part of. And so... I really appreciate that. That's my gratitude right now. We're very blessed to have you on the team. <laughs> and, you know, I say that to candidates when I interview them. I say, you know, full transparency. You will work as hard as you ever worked in your entire life. There will be days that you wake up feeling, like, exhausted because you've never worked so hard. And 
you will be happier than you have ever been in yeah. your whole life. Like the idea that you can derive immense joy because it's, it's the kind of work that, that is directly impacting and transforming people, right? Yeah. It's the kind of work that is relational and communal. It's the kind of work that is so deep and so meaningful that even, you know, as you are working those long hours and, you know, putting a great deal of thought and, uh, and energy and time into everything that you do, it's just, it's, it's rewarding and it's rich yeah. and it's beautiful. And we are very lucky. We are very blessed. We're, we're blessed to have each other. Yeah, Barry. we're blessed to do the work together yes. as in all these teams. Yes. And that makes it doable and joyous. So having got to work with all of you for as many years, I, I've watched immense growth in all of your leadership and pedagogy and uh, connection. What are you all working on now? What's your, what, what are you pursuing for your areas of growth? I, I think for me, connecting to my team and figuring out what are our areas of growth and how we want to expand our department is really to continue solidifying those like deep relationships. I want every parent and every student to feel like they can reach out to their college counselor and their academic planner and just ask any question they have, no matter how big, how small, because I think that the relationship building is so core to this school is who we are, and it's something that I want to I take to the next level. And so if there's any way that we can do that, whether that's with programming or conversations, we just started these coffee check-ins um, as like a very chill way for families to, to hear from us and to ask any questions they have. If we can build on that and, and expand that and offer to the greater community, I think that's going to be really important. So that's an area of growth for us. Uh, the 11-12 team is currently working on how we're building out our Massah program. So as Lamar mentioned, there's a lot of areas of capstone work in every division and how can we build on that work, X project, the exploration our students do in 9-10, and then help them have a meaningful conclusion to their Milken experience in an area that really speaks to them, whether that be Beit Midrash, whether that be being a Vatik, whether that be spending more time thinking about their relationship to Israel and being able to share that experience and relationship back with younger students. Um, so making sure that we're hitting that sweet spot of finding the variety of paths and opportunities to meet all of our students, but still making sure that all these different experiences are funneled back to the porch of the graduate and making sure that we're achieving those goals and finding opportunities for our senior class to have a meaningful culmination, both academically in addition to the communal and the service. I think something that I'm working on this year, which is kind of a personal goal, but also a division um, goal for our leadership team is supporting faculty development and growth. We have amazing faculty um, and really acknowledging the good work that they're mm -hmm. doing and thinking about, um, as you were talking about before, like making those connections. Like there's a teacher in your division who was like shining in a classroom observation that I um, happened to be in the room and, and I've already connected her to other people in my division because we can learn from each other. And so really focusing on um, becoming like a stronger, like we're already a learning community, but really leveraging our talents and our strengths to learn from each other. Because if you walk into a classroom, you're going to, it's basically a PD moment uh, for you and, um, you know, giving the, the feedback that our faculty need and deserve um, to really grow and uh, think about their strengths and, and those opportunities um, for that next level. I'm deeply committed to cultivating talent and growing leaders. Um, that's something that I feel very, very strongly about. And so at every opportunity I spend, um, you know, I spend my time really 
helping others become who they can be in our community, finding, you know, connecting people with their passions, helping to kind of build skills and showing everyone on campus that they're leaders. I don't think leaders are limited or restricted to administration. I think everyone's a leader. A teacher is a leader. An assistant teacher is a leader. A support, you know, a member of faculty is a leader. We're all leaders. Um, and, uh, and that empowerment, that sense of I bring something very unique and special and expert to the team, but I'm only one part of the team is something that is, is very personal and important to me.